0: Ladies and gentlemen welcome to the show uh we have distinct pleasure of having a friend of ours on uh goes by the handle uh oregon agorist our friend riley is here to talk to us today riley thank you for coming on to the show absolutely
1: it's a pleasure thank you thank you guys for having me on uh been listening for uh probably about a year now oh thank you oh, really cool <laughs> yeah awesome. definitely uh, i i know once upon a time uh jay suggested if there was any anybody on the west coast that would reach out and give you an update on what we're seeing on the ground uh figure out it's about time to reach out things are kind of coming to a boiling point
0: uh that's fantastic that you first of all that you listened and second of all that you took up the offer because i have put it out there for a while and uh we appreciate it uh before we get started i just want to make sure i uh, give a shout out to our friends our sponsor gorsenexus.com be sure to check them out for free thinkers, agorists, anarchists, anybody who's looking to get into things like crypto, there's there's books, ebooks. Our friend Dag, his, uh, his seed website is on there. Jeremiah is on there. We're on there. Sal, the agorist, is on there. There's a whole collection, and Arco Coffee is on there. Don't forget to check them out and patronize them. Uh, and huge shout out to Dag and Brandon for putting that together. Tremendous, and they have their own podcast. They may be on next week, too. We're working on that uh, as uh, well, not right now, but uh, earlier on today. And I'm going to continue to work on that. So, carrying on, so <laughs> Riley reaches out to me, <clears throat> and I want to make sure that I get this right because we were talking about this before the show started. So, he turns me on to this Instagram account, and it's uh, Portland Looks Like Shit. Well, now it, that one's gone but there is a portland looks like shit 2.0 and then an oregon looks like shit which uh again these are the instagram handles you could just go on to the instagram and if you don't follow us i mean i'm i feel very disrespected but i'll live uh there's some excellent pictures like for example right now i am looking at a pile of syringes and needles and when i say a pile i literally mean a pile of needles hypodermic needles some of them uh capped some of them loaded uh, I saw a video, Riley, of a dude taking a wet diarrhea shit on the side <laughs> of a <laughs> yeah, like literally you, you, shit you, in public.
1: You know that was a uh, a couple forties deep the night before, <laughs> nothing to eat. Uh,
2: oh God! Yeah, and
1: that's that's kind of become a, a familiar scene around a lot of popular parts of Portland over the last year. Oh no. uh, Ever since the the COVID hit. Well, Uh, it's just been a mess.
0: I believe it. And we're going to play some video for everybody. For those of you who don't subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, you're going to get the audio portion of it. But it'll be in the show notes so that you can watch it at your leisure or leisure, depending on where you're from. Angel, could you please cue up the first video? This first video is going to be, uh, you know, the the very vilified uh, Proud Boys who apparently tried to take over the government unsuccessfully and took pictures instead and antifa who is about as anti-fascist as they come except they are fascist because they also want to silence people who don't agree with them angel roll the tape please okay a paintball gun that's a paintball gun that looks like black block yep okay come on bitch! he said and then you got captain america yeah damn this is my U.S. bank. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, speaking of which, this guy has a trust Jesus shirt on. What perfect timing.
3: I mean, you got to trust in someone, right? Might as well be Jesus. Karl Marx. I don't know.
0: This is wild yeah. shit. this is happening. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not watching... This is happening on like a main road. This isn't just like some side street there. No, there's no. a guy in, in a rascal. In a rascal, there's equal opportunity. Yeah, I think if you
1: zoom in on the guy on the rascal, he may
2: have had a paintball done as
0: well. This guy's like a dog handler with one of his people. Now, who are these guys with the black shields? Are they black block? Yeah, so the, they
1: need maybe a little uh, it might be hard to differentiate between some of the like the things that they use a lot of them are out there cutting 55 gallon drums in half and painting them black and putting like a piece of wood across and that's what they're using as a shield and I see both sides doing that
2: okay, um, okay. but, but I think most
1: of the most of the video that you see might have been from behind the lines of of
0: the the proud boys proud boys okay yeah because yeah. i think the guy with the you know the the american flag shorts definitely wasn't playing for like FIFA. at least that's yeah. a, i feel like that's a safe <laughs> guess to make angel wrong you, go ahead
1: no i was just gonna say yeah he's definitely flying the wrong flag
0: yeah obvious yeah you're not there he's gonna he's not gonna be allowed to come to the to the donut sunday social <laughs> after uh the riot or the insurrection, whatever we're calling it this week. Angel, would you please the next the next selection? The selection, excuse me, is from the uh, the the Soy Rific Vice Video Squad, the Soy Boy Elite of journalism, who uh, looks for Nazis and finds anarchists in all the wrong places, especially in Ukraine. This next one is a lot of fun, though. We're, only, we're not going to watch the whole thing. You guys can watch yourself because It's seven minutes, and we have a lot to talk about, so we can't exactly kick it with the Soy Squad the whole Too time, long, right? But we're going to give you a taste. <laughs> Okay, first hit's free. After that, that you got to cool. pay. Go Reveal ahead. Reveal your
4: purpose to the Proud Boys. Use us to lift up this city, to save the people of this city.
1: hmm We're the Proud Boys and we're Western chauvinists and we refuse to apologize for creating the modern world. I mean, that's simply what it is. Like, we love America. If he ran, he'd be finished.
5: Portland's kind of a shithole of America right now.
4: (laughs) A turf war has been
2: seen. He
5: didn't look like he had plates in that carrier, unless it's soft armor. I I can't tell. Why
4: do people care so much about Portland?
5: Because what happens in Portland trickles down everywhere else. It's inspiring other domestic terrorist organizations and other people to spark up violence in other cities around this country. These people
0: here, these radical leftists, these terrorists, they're inspiring other people to go out and do the same thing they see on TV in Portland. They think that they can treat law enforcement like shit. They think they can run around and live
5: this lawless life, and we're here to say no to that.
3: We need the, shield. the Proud Boys are a pro-Trump, ultra-nationalist group with chapters across the country. They're known as a far right street fighting gang.
2: Mm-hmm. Get the
3: fuck out of the way, bro!
2: What the fuck is you wrong? Know? You want some trouble? You want to pick
0: fight with the crowd? Seems like a lot. Of people the Antifa guy was just trying to a take a shit. <laughs> 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 I mean, Jesus, let him They're take creating. A they're creating their own shit problem. Yeah. I mean, this is crazy stuff. So, like, okay, so to break it down now, Riley, you could correct me if I am incorrect because I'm not. I I know that Gavin MacKingus, as Michael Malice called him. McKinnis, the 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 co-founder of vice actually him and shane smith uh created vice and gavin has been banned from everywhere uh, except for what is a glenn beck's thing the blaze he has a show on the blaze so glenn beck apparently is the island of misfit conservatives um he 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 created the proud boys to lit like and we can look it up to fight Antifa in the street because there was no response and quite a few times I've watched videos before Mr. Trump was elected and I believe Angel saw the same video mm-hmm. where um, they were chanting blue lives matter as the police were rounding up Antifa and I, we kind of looked at each other and like these fuckers don't realize that they're going to round you up after they're done with the commies like I mean exactly I don't understand what's happening with that you know uh and the other okay so you have this ultra quote right-wing nationalist group who failed to take over the government on January 6th very failed and then you have this other group of people who claim to be anti-fascist but I remember in the video that we were just showing you there was uh, an African American lady who said that you know they're against this current system or the system that they want to set up so in other words they're not anti-fascist as far as like They want to get rid of authoritarianism. It's just the wrong brand of authoritarianism that they're against. Mm -hmm. So uh, choose uh, with with heavy discretion if you choose to hang out with either one of these gangs. But are you experiencing any of this deep behind enemy lines on the left coast? Like, If you could take us through, because you reached out and I was astounded by some of the stuff that you were telling me. And then when I saw the Instagram account, I was like, Wow, this is literally what you've been telling me about, but now I'm actually seeing it. You know, like I was telling the defecation in public, people walking around, junkies shooting. Now, again, I don't have a problem with you shooting up. You want to spike up and have a good time? That's your problem. Do I think right. you can do it like on <clears> the <throat> corner when I'm trying to, you know, go get coffee? Probably not. I mean, maybe a bench, maybe your, your house or perhaps the shack that you have built in a public park. Somewhere yeah. where I'm not stepping on needles <laughs> or yourself so how we, high were these piles
1: that you were talking about earlier like they're, they're, they're like- massive i mean they so i think a box of those syringes comes a hundred to a box of the safeguard i think they are the i don't know but there's a lot of folks that are on gofundme and they're collecting money as you know we're we're a mutual aid project and we're here to help the folks that are less fortunate on the street But they're running it very irresponsibly, Uh, they're, they're taking their funds and they're going and purchasing large amounts of clean needles and they drive around to these, you know. Homeless encampments uh, for lack of better words and they just kind of drop off these boxes as kind of an anonymous gift and if you look at what responsible uh, mutual aid projects do they offer like a, a one for one exchange. Uh, so you have to bring in a dirty needle to get a clean one, uh, issued to you. Uh, so they're trying to cut down and some, some projects are like a two to one or three to one. So they're trying to round up all the stuff off the street, but yeah, uh, January, I think second or third of this year, it went into effect where, you know, the metropolitan Loma County decriminalized, uh, Pretty much all aspects of drugs yeah. uh, heroin cocaine methamphetamine uh they just they now it's a slap on the wrist it's a day in court uh you have the option to go to uh, a seminar that will offer you uh, support if you're trying to get clean or you can opt out of that and choose your hundred dollar ticket and walk but there's no jail time there's no court fees they've eliminated all that uh, so it's just incentivized you know drug dealers to step in and take advantage of this and they're just accounting for the night that they spend in jail is the cost of doing business now uh, it's it's kind of a low risk for them to operate
0: yeah it certainly seems that way and i also saw that there is a um, there's a problem with the homeless going into And again, I'm not knocking anybody and nor do I think anybody on the show would ever knock anybody who's down on their luck. Okay, or if you want to live right by where I work, by my loading dock uh, there, there's a bridge where I've recorded on Snapchat a guy spiking up and almost falling onto the railroad tracks, like passing out from the high. Again, Mm -hmm. if like I'm not judging, I just, you know, I think it's going to be really awful when somebody runs you over with a train. I don't think that's going to be good for anybody. But. Somebody's going to have to come clean it up. Somebody's going to have to clean it up. Somebody's going to have to make a phone call if there is anybody to talk to. But they're also getting into cemeteries now. There's a cemetery in Portland where people are either camping out in the cemetery grounds or around it, and they're getting like aggressive with individuals that are going to either mourn somebody or whatever their business is in the cemetery. There, it's a, even a problem for people to go to, to see the dead. And- I,
1: I know it. I know exactly the spot that you're talking about in Northeast okay. Portland, and you're 100% right. I drive by there as a part of doing my job, and there is encampments all along the streets. Um, that the city tried to put out like a clean sanitation project, so they were going to set up all these <clears throat> sinks and porta potties. Yeah. And they, they set up 660 of them throughout Portland under the guise that these were for delivery drivers um, that couldn't find bathrooms because places were shut uh, due to COVID. So they they dropped all these porta potties and stuff off in front of these homeless encampments. And like two or three days later, you drive by and they're all melted piles of plastic because they got burnt down. So it's. The city's just hemorrhaging money, trying to, you know, throw a Band-Aid on a sinking boat.
0: Well, here's here's something for everybody that uh, I'm sure that most of our audience you're probably aware of, but most of our audience isn't aware of. So this article is from uh, KGWA News in Portland. It says here that in 2019, Portland had 389 shootings, according to data from the Portland Police Bureau. A year later, that number doubled, skyrocketing to almost 900. The violence has continued into 2021 through May. Police have reported 453 shooting incidents at the current rate. Portland will have more than a thousand shootings by the end of the year. All three Portland police precincts have seen a rise in gun violence, but data shows the neighborhoods most impacted are in north and east uh, Portland. In 2020, there were 438 shootings in the east precinct, almost half the total for the entire city. Of those, more than 200 took place in just three neighborhoods Centennial, Hazelwood, and Powellhurst Powell, Gilbert. As shootings increased, so do homicides. Through the first five months of 2021, there have been 38 killings. Over the same period last year, there were six. This article will be in the show notes. Is there an explanation to why, in, in from your experience of being behind enemy lines, why this is happening? Like, is there something going on? Because. I, I'd hate for the fact that, drug, that everybody could do whatever drugs they want to, to be correlated to fighting over, like, I don't know, dope territory. Is this gang violence? Like, what? what is it in your estimation that's causing this problem?
1: I, I think you nailed a couple key points. Is, uh, over the last year, a lot of these, uh, you know, impoverished neighborhoods have seen a rise in, in crime and shootings. And I I think it's lack of support from... Uh, like city leadership uh, to
4: the police Uh, they don't want to intervene or take a chance on getting uh, hurt in the line of duty when they know that there's no one there to back them up that they're going to be held you know accountable
0: okay um the other thing that i want to know so like when you're talking about like where, first of all where's the dope just because the dope is legal legal in in portland who's bringing in the h like where's where's the powder coming from like how is it how is it getting there who is in control of getting it there because from what you know christopher and i have read a lot of this has to deal with like uh, guys from jalisco Nayarit in mexico that were responsible for setting up networks of heroin trafficking but how are they how is this stuff getting to that just because it's legal within was how do you pronounce it multnomah county
4: yeah uh, i there I, I think uh so when covid started alongside the decriminalization of drugs um the police were told not to pull anybody over that had like expired license plate tags or whatever um, you ran it and they had insurance, that's cool. Um, don't pull them over for minor infractions. So I think there I noticed as you know, being out on the road every day that there's a lot less surveillance on the road. Um, I've definitely seen a decrease in the amount of police on the road in the last year. So I think it's just easier to maneuver uh, you know, up and down these larger corridors, I5, 84, um, etc. So
5: they had, they've lost a lot of funding in general, right? Like Portland's one of the places that's had a lot of people walk out, like leave departments, correct? Yeah. And then when exactly would you say, was that like it kind of trickled in or was that more of like an all at once kind of thing?
4: Um, <clears throat> kind of a, a trickling effect. I think that the strict COVID measures pushed a lot of people out of the city. And then we have the, killing of George Floyd. Um, and then we had, i I'm probably wrong on the number, but over 200 nights of protesting. I think the only thing that choked the protesters out was the smoke that rolled in from the fires that we had. Uh, but yeah. uh, the activity, the destruction towards small businesses um, pushed out a lot of that tax revenue. A lot of the high-end clients and you know, the upper neighborhoods that lawyers and doctors and stuff said, if we have to come step over people to get into our workplace, we're going to take our money elsewhere.
5: Do you feel like, uh, because of stuff like that, that you just mentioned that the people that would be most able to help are now just starting to leave. And now they're leaving the city to people that really shouldn't be in charge of some of these systems. So it's like, yeah, you cut funding to police to, Try and solve a problem, but it's like if there were any good cops, they all just left to go work somewhere else because they don't want to put up with this. And then you've left people in charge that should
4: not be anywhere near that much power. Yeah, exactly. I noticed driving around in some of these neighborhoods, there's signs up for um, other counties up in rural Washington that were trying to recruit police um, on big billboards. So I'm sure. There was a lot of law
0: enforcement that took advantage of wanting to go work for you know where they have support i have a question for you uh regarding it specifically just to be clear uh from and you're experiencing some of this personally so you can speak from uh an area of expertise at least in comparison to probably the majority of us who you know are either talking to you right now or listening these the. Mr. Trump, uh, amongst many of his faults, uh, called some of these uh, folks anarchists. And um, I don't know any anarchists like them. Is it, are these more of the Marxist, Leninist variety type commies? Or are, do you feel that black bloc is actually an anarchist group who you know is is doing the right thing like i don't like i don't think there's any good team to play for be it the cops antifa or the freaking proud boys like i don't think there's a winner in any of, like i i would rather just have another cup of coffee and hopefully not have to step over a junkie on my way to the coffee shop um what do you think about that is that do you feel that antifa is more of the marxist leninist variety or do you actually think there's legitimate anarchist elements within this group that uh, that get lumped in with the rest of them?
4: Uh, I, I'd have to lean towards, you know, maybe towards the anarchism, uh, what you think of as wanting to blow things up and cause, you know, physical harm to other people. There isn't really a clear message as far as, you know, what, what their objective is. Um, I know they were protesting you know, with BLM after George Floyd got killed. But then after George Floyd's sentencing, they continued to protest and said, this is, you know, a full on revolution. So I don't know if they want complete local government overhaul or, you know, they want to work. They wanted to be the ones at the Capitol on January 6th to make some
0: change. Okay. Is there a Chaz-like garden? in portland where they tried to grow plants on cardboard and topsoil do you have something similar to that in portland uh,
4: so you, you can check out the article called the little red house on mississippi and you may have heard it was on you know national news outlets and stuff like that but um, it was a you know indigenous woman and her husband who had previously on a home uh, their son was 18 years old and got drunk and he <clears throat> got in a car wreck and killed somebody and they mortgaged their home to pay for his lawyer fees and they exhausted a lot of money towards the house and were unsuccessful in their attempt to keep their son out of prison uh, and they neglected to keep up on their mortgage payments, they just decided not to not to pay, uh, so eventually this this city put the home up for sale, and some dude bought it sight unseen and wanted to evict the people who were staying there. And uh, you know, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, what you want to call it, they moved in and set up shop and shut down the entire neighborhood. And mm. I don't know if they were trying to grow a garden or anything like that, but they did have. A lot of mutual support from within to, to sustain themselves for quite a few days and I think the end result of that is the developer who bought it um, just kind of backed out of the deal and with the national attention I think the families still fund the account raised enough money to, to pay for any fees and the mortgage
0: Interesting. I was just curious because I wanted to see if anybody had more success than the individuals up in. Uh, was it chat? Was it Chaz or Chop? Like, gosh, it's so funny to think. Well, this it went from, from one to, to the, the other, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it did. It was, it, and then it, it nothing happened. Like they left. That was it. That was the end of it. They established borders and had tight security. They
5: went underground. It's okay. It's a huge. It's oh, a huge but, movement. There was also,
4: There was also, I believe. Uh, it on, but I think there was a woman who was drugged and sexually assaulted there and there was also two people that were um, killed within mm-hmm. uh, the area and I think at one point one of the people that was suffering uh, you know, life-threatening injuries, they weren't allowing medics to come in, they said mm-hmm. we have our own medics and they were refusing to, that person later died
0: yeah it's some pretty wild stuff and i don't know how many millions or billions of dollars of damage was done but uh the loss of life is definitely the trump card in that one so there was an article that you shared with me and the rest of the gang uh from the atlantic about portland's racist past specifically on how like crappy in oregon it is for people or persons of color uh, you know, and it's going to be in the show notes. You guys want to check it out. It's quite interesting because I had this impression, at least in my mind, that Oregon was kind of like, you know, a decent place, at least from the beginning that, you know, it was, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, a northern state, I guess you could say, if you're looking at it in the context of the Mason-Dixon line or, you know, California joined the union and they were, you know, at least supposed to be more free than, let's say, the Deep South. Uh, But it says here in 1844, the provisional government of the territory passed a law uh, banning slavery and at the same time required any uh, African-American in Oregon to leave the territory immediately. Uh, Any black person remaining would be flogged publicly every six months until they left.
3: That's ridiculous. Five
0: years later, another law passed forbade free African-Americans from entering into Oregon, according to Communities of Color Report. Then in 1857, Oregon adopted a state constitution that banned black folk uh from c- uh, coming into the state residing in the state or holding property in the state mm. during this time any white male settler could receive 650 acres of land and another 650 if he was married this of course was land taken from native people who had been living there from, for centuries uh this early history proves uh the founding ideas of the state was as ra- a racist white utopia i never got that impression from from oregon and now i have to completely uh, uh definitely rethink my impression uh that's some wild stuff and there's some really big disparities too of course with the income uh when it comes to home ownership do you think that this is um indicative of a deep uh seated racism amongst the elite that that still occupy uh this this uh, state or do you think that uh folks have gotten over this like, what is your impression being there in the middle of the maelstrom?
4: So, <clears throat> I think like you stated, um, back in the day, it used to be very open and blatant about the segregation, even though, you know, mm-hmm. we end slavery. We're still kicking you out of the state, banning you. Um, so I think over time, uh, the people who wanted to oppress uh, had to get smarter in their tactics and they were less public about it. And I kind of, I, I took a note here. Um, they kind of, the neo, neo-liberal racism, they've kind of perfected it now, um, where they're, they're using um, the downfalls of the people in need um, against them in reality. So we kind of see that with how the, you know, recent presidential election, uh, the Democrat party jumped on the Black Lives Matter bandwagon. And then as soon as the election was over, they wouldn't even have conversations with <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's right. So I, I think the same thing can be reflected here in Oregon. I'm from, you know, I'm originally from Utah. And when you do think of the Pacific Northwest, you do think of like Robert Redford, woods, like, you know, people who just want to be left alone,
2: mm-hmm.
4: and for the most part, look up a voting map of how Oregon votes. Um, it's only because Multnomah County holds the majority of the population, but I think like 90, 98% of the state votes red besides Multnomah uh. County. That's why they're trying to pack everybody in Portland and create these little voting dens.
5: So like gerrymandering kind of stuff
0: or yeah. yeah well i mean the same thing applies to places like illinois illinois is a very nice state with very nice people but cook county uh runs the whole show all of the city of chicago dominates the entire state's politics and it's the same i mean we could go through the list well, and Think of new york i mean there's people in upstate new york you couldn't distinguish them from people from pennsylvania but the fact is that the five boroughs runs the show in albany so they dictate to the rest of the state how it's going to be and that's a shame because upstate new york is is tremendous that's that's a nice place to check out think about
5: ohio too though even i just read somewhere that cuyahoga county is the most corrupt county i think in the entire united states like not even ohio no in fact you were just talking about chicago they sent a group from chicago to do a study on how corrupt Cuyahoga County was. So it's like, how fucking bad could it be if you got people coming from Chicago to be holier than thou? Like...
0: It's true. They were like, Hey, whatever they're doing out there, you know, in Cleveland, we need to fit. We need to duplicate that because but it's like, it's right there. What have I been blind
5: to my entire life that apparently these other metropolises are just like, nah, that's fucked up.
3: I just don't go into that County. I mean, <laughs> just don't go there.
0: Well, that's fair. Do you guys remember his name was Edward Fitzgerald, but I, I renamed him the Edmund Fitzgerald uh, famously <laughs> after the uh, iron ore uh, freighter that went down. Uh, You know, the the mysterious rogue wave that took down this iron ore freighter. So I called him the Edmund Fitzgerald. So he was the Cuyahoga County commissioner. He was running for governor. And like the the Democrats couldn't have picked a bigger jerk off. And Ted Strickland is a huge jerk off. So was John Kasich. But the Democrats are like, we're going to one up you on the jerk off count. We're going to get the Edmund Fitzgerald to run. Well, this fucking guy is literally the most corrupt county commissioner for the most corrupt county in the country. A lot of C's going on here. And then I remember that fucking guy, does anybody remember when he, he had a wife Mm -hmm. and then he got busted by the fuzz, they were checking on this car, he was in the back seat making the sex to this girl that was not his wife, and then he was like, oh, uh, guys, I just pulled over so I could get my bearings because, you know, I didn't know where I was, I'm like, I was so well, lost in her eyes. You were in Cleveland, bro. Like you're from there. What do you mean you need to get your bearings? You were balls deep in this fucking Irish girl that wasn't your wife. It's okay. You're a politician. People expect that from you. I mean, but the Edmund Fitzgerald went down terribly, and not just on that Irish girl <laughs> in the back seat of his car. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here for the next twenty minutes. Um, so yeah, that's uh, <laughs> there, there's terrible shit everywhere happening. And speaking of which. I want to do a quick transition ladies and gentlemen these are your tax dollars at work uh i don't know how anybody now this once again is from the soy squad i don't know why vice is coming up big today but they're coming up big today the the soy reporting well,
3: sometimes they you know they, ev- they do a good job live squirrels even,
0: angels right even a broken clock is right twice a day and so far we've got both times so ladies and gentlemen this is from the very soy vice squad who by the way is in a lot of trouble i don't know if anybody knows this they laid off last year like 155 people well they got to, shane smith's got to cut more jobs this year because for whatever reason vice isn't just sustainable anymore i wonder why anyway
3: maybe it's the over
0: oh god we watched this one with this guy who is pronouncing afghanistan afghanistan and i'm like Quit trying to sound like you went to fucking Yale, you douchebag. You're from a community college and you know it. There's nothing wrong with that. Just own it. Just say Afghanistan. But he's like Afghanistan. And he kept moving his jaw and I wanted to break it through the fucking TV. Anyway, you shouldn't have brought that up. I got off topic. I'm sorry. Very upsetting. (laughs) Um, Sometimes their documentaries are good. Sometimes the shit that they do is okay. This article is tremendous because you people are going to learn what you're paying for, along with guns that went to the Taliban that you're not allowed to buy in the store, but they can have for free. That's for another day. So this oh, man. one, yes, this one is from Matthew Galt, no relation to John Galt in um, um, what's her name's book, The uh, Atlas Shrugged, uh, Ayn Rand. <laughs> so this one is the title of it is FBI bankrolled publisher of occult neo-Nazi books feds claim. Interesting. The Federal Bureau of Investigation has paid a man involved in a publishing house specializing in occult neo-Nazi books more than a hundred thousand dollars since two thousand and three. Makes me, according to court filings, you need to start no, writing Nazi books, Angel. That's just, how we pay for said, the lights in the when studio. When you said now. the
3: publishing house, it made me think of like the Publishers Clearing House, they like nobody ever
0: won neo- that money.
3: Like here's your neo-Nazi book, like, and then they leave.
0: That was a scheme because <laughs> I remember telling my mother that I saw these commercials and they bring the big check. You know what I mean? You didn't mm-hmm. get like a small cashier's check that you get out of checkbook. No, they brought the sandwich board style check. They're like, oh, check it out. You win five thousand dollars a week for the rest of your life. Nobody ever fucking met them. It was just like in 1984, the book, the people won the lottery, they just didn't know who did. It's because it's the same goddamn scheme. Anyway, the publishing house, Angel, <laughs> is Martinet Press. Fine purveyors of Atomwaffen, or excuse me, Atomwaffen. Because the W is German, so you got to give it the V. You guys can correct me Germany. Thank you. Uh, Division approved books such as Iron Gates and Liber 333. Hmm. The former is a book about a satanic cult roaming a po- post apocalyptic America, which opens with a scene of a child being murdered. Wow, what a great book! I can't the wait. Satanic Panic,
5: it. baby. It's always still going
0: (laughs) so stupid. Cold Uh, War is still going. The apparent informant is Joshua Caleb Suter, a man with a long-standing tie to white supremacist organization. Suter's father was a Pentecostal preacher who ran a racist memorabilia store in the area. He was a preacher who ran a member of the racist, racist memorabilia <laughs> store. Like what the problem? This is. Nice.
1: Never, never let a good crisis go to waste. Boy, uh, you ain't kidding.
0: Uh, um, let's in the area around the South Carolina capital of Columbia, Souter and his father would take turns running the counter. That's a mom and pop shop if I've ever heard one. Hey, come on in. Praise the Lord. And, you know, don't talk to the black people. Um, <laughs> the court documents implicating Souter are from the federal. Do you guys say federal or federal? It's federal. federal. Yeah. Federal. Yeah,
3: it's thank federal. You.
0: Th- thank uh- you. Thank you. We have somebody we know who says federal, and See every that, time I hear that
5: it. dude from Vice that over-enunciated shit's gotten in your head, and now yeah. you question federal? how you pronounce shit. Yeah. from
3: No, no. The, I think uh, you're from the home of RoboCop.
0: Detroit, Rock <laughs> City. Yes. Oh man! Everybody knows that tune, or they gotta ask. Uh, <laughs> obtained by investigative journalist ali winston or ali maybe it's ali see now i'm thinking that they're probably from not from around here the documents are <laughs> all like falling apart to suppress evidence suppress evidence related to a search warrant used to search cole's house the documents don't use suitor's name but the description of the fbi's confidential informant leaves little doubt that it's him then it's not very fucking confidential is it Uh, The government has informed defense counsel that the CI that's, uh, you know, whatever, you know, we can't wink, wink in this case has worked as an informant for the FBI for approximately the past 16 years. See, you guys, I can't we talked to you about this on the show before. If you're in a group, it doesn't matter if you're in an anarchist chat room or you're some fucking douchebag Nazi selling memorabilia at a Pentecostal, whatever. uh, Trust me, if there's five of you, one of you is a fed. I'm telling you right now i'm telling you right that's now that's
3: why i don't join groups
0: you don't join groups you go to the punk rock show and you hang out and you go home and yeah. I, it's just like what was it the, there was a bomb the other day that they said that they defused or somebody tried to blow something up in the Capitol. and even the the term false flag was trending on twitter because everybody finally was like oh this is a deterrent because this afghanistan shit is really blowing up literally in your face mm-hmm. and we don't want you to talk about it anyway okay so the FBI, approximately 16 years, the court said since 2003, he has paid over one hundred and forty thousand dollars for this work. So for those of you having credit card trouble, for those of you who have suffered and not been able to pay your rent or mortgage or whatever, or buy medicine, food, cat food, litter, whatever it is, just know that your tax dollars are hard at work paying for a Nazi bookshop. Anyway. They're trying to
5: get people to go join the Taliban to get all that cool free shit.
0: You do get some cool free shit.
5: And then you become a victim of American foreign policy. So it's like they got it all figured out.
0: They do. They really do have it all figured out. We're the dummies. Uh, Let's see here. Souter is a former high ranking member of the Aryan Nations who was arrested in 2003. According to court records, he knowingly possessed a firearm with an obliterated serial number. Um,
3: That is that is a good word. Obliterated Obliterated serial serial number.
0: Fucking destroyed. Serial number was clearly (laughs) obliterated. Oh, it had a
5: silencer too, so now we're not gonna pass any of that bullshit.
0: Yeah. Uh, By the way, do all those guns in Afghanistan have serial numbers? I'm sure that they do. but It that... doesn't
5: matter. It's, it...
3: Can't you make a silencer out of a potato?
0: I don't know nothing about that. We're not the only, the,
5: the only thing about having a serial number is there's some other piece of paper on the other side of it that shows it exists. So it's like if you destroy that piece of paper, you might as well have destroyed the weapon.
3: But I remember hearing something about a potato. Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because yeah. I was hungry and wanted french fries. I you could shove
5: it in the exhaust of a car.
3: Maybe that's what it was in GTA. Yeah. In
0: Grand Theft Auto, Mm -hmm. because we would never do anything like that. Um, never. let's see here. Seriously. The books Martinet press publishes tend to be nihilistic, jargon filled and fictional. They advocate for a world where the strong destroy society and usher in the collapse of civilization. So these are like, I don't know, man, like who's buying these books? Like you had to pay the publisher one hundred and forty thousand dollars to publish the. Like, who's buying them? Yeah, can only be a couple of people. I that... mean, I don't know. Like,
3: I'm still confused that there's like an Aryan, you know, white supremacist group somewhere. Like, they still exist. Like that shit is like, you know, ridiculous by now. I don't know. They're still around. I guess everybody in
5: Congress has a signed copy. Like,
0: <laughs> that's funny. I like that one. Um. Moving on to some news that, uh, well, not news necessarily, but some information that Riley passed along to myself and therefore passed along to the group. So Mm -hmm. this is from the Congressional Research Service, informing the legislative debate since 1914, the year of the First World War. I'm, I'm just hearing about it now. So, yeah, sure, whatever, informing everybody. Uh, so this particular article is the domestic terrorism and the attack on the United States Capitol. You know, the great insurrection that people took selfies on instead of actually overthrowing or at least attempting to overthrow the government. So the article is a little bit troubling, uh, you guys, because listen to the language very carefully. OK, so I'm going to read from this and say, Paul, I, you, I hope you're taking notes because this is a good one. All right. On January 6, 2021. A large group of individuals breached the united states Capitol security while congress was in session oh oh the horror members were voting on whether or not to certify president-elect broseph biden's election victory and many participants in the attack allegedly intended to thwart that's a good that's another good word thwart allegedly too allegedly yes allegedly allegedly uh according to media coverage uh violent participants injured scores of District of Columbia Metropolitan Police all uh, and US Capitol Police who shot themselves after this incident happened for got, so far got real sad yeah real depressed really depressed over this um, I don't know selfie party the, fail,
5: the failure of justice
0: <laughs> uh, let's see here okay policymakers may be interested in whether this incident may be treated as domestic terrorism. And if the participants are domestic terrorists, among other issues, this insight discusses whether or not participants and their actions may be categorized as domestic terrorists and domestic terrorism, respectively. Okay. And issues around designated domestic fringe groups, such as the Boogaloo Boyce oh, and Proud boys, uh, Boyce. Uh, what a shame. The Boyce. Yeah. At least they, they spelled. the boys. Did you see they spelled Boogaloo Boyce correctly, though? There's an I gentlemen not a why lady yeah they got it right they got it right that's why yeah
3: (laughs) they
5: got some (laughs) they got some zoomer analysts over there working for them
3: what were you saying riley uh speaking
1: of of um proud boys in dc just to bring up the the leader of the proud boys enrique Tario, yes. I think is how you say it. Yep. Uh, he was arrested mm-hmm. in charge. Well, I mean, he was arrested in Washington D.C. for burning a Black Lives Matter flag that he took from a church. Uh, he was also charged with carrying uh, high-capacity magazines, uh, and on Monday was sentenced to five months in jail.
3: That was it
0: that seems that seems appropriate right five he months? also was an informant for the fbi which is my favorite part of his story is that all of the proud boys showed up for this big fight and they're literal leaders a goddamn fed so congratulations on the vetting process uh, process gavin you really hit a home run with but, that but now
5: he's going to jail for five months for so five he months. can he can go infiltrate some other fringe group
0: there are people right. doing football numbers for marijuana just think of that. There are people in jail doing football time for marijuana. This guy, on the other hand, had, quote, high capacity mags, whatever that means, in Washington, D.C. alone, mm-hmm. is a substantial jail sentence. No, it's because he cooperated, you guys. Come on, stop it already with this. He's yeah, a friend of he, the FBI. He, he, he's been
1: greasing the wheels for a while.
0: Yeah. Just, they, they wrote him that note that Tony Soprano wanted when he helped them find the jihadis. It was like we write we write you a letter so that way if you get popped we could say you were a nice boy and you helped us a couple of times and that way we knock some time off. Clearly, a lot of time was knocked off for Enrique. So, oh yeah, let's get to the meat of this, shall we? The meatus for the rest of us. Okay, so is this domestic terrorism, ladies and gentlemen, the federal or federal? the federal definition of domestic terrorism describes domestic terrorists as americans meaning most of you who commit ideologically driven crimes in the united states but lack foreign direction or influence the federal bureau of investigation generally relies on two sources to define domestic terrorism First, the Code of Federal Regulations characterizes terrorism as including quote, unlawful use of force and violence against persons or property to intimidate or coerce a government, the civilian population, or any segment thereof in furtherance of political or social objectives. Second, 18 united states code subsections 23315 five more narrowly defines t- domestic terrorism this definition comes from section 802 of the usa patriot act according to patriot act patriot act brian patriot act america <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> um according uh, to united states uh, code section 18 subsection 23315, one, five, domestic terrorism occurs primarily Within US territorial jurisdiction, it involves A acts dangerous to human life that are a violation of the criminal laws of the United States or of any state or B appear to be intended A or excuse me I number one uh, to intimidate or coerce a civilian population Or, number two, to influence the policy of a government by intimidation or coercion. So that's what the government does when they go to Iraq, let's say, or some other fucking place. Well, I mean, they do it here,
5: too. It's just the lawful. You can't do the unlawful stuff, but they have the lawful version of all of it. And it just coincides magically with everything that they do.
0: So this article says... To, and number three, to affect the conduct of a government by mass destruction, assassination or kidnapping, like how we assassinated the uh, what was it, the prime minister of Iran. So that way the, the nationalization of oil could stop and the CIA and British Petroleum could get back to work, you know, stuff like that. The it's just business, you know, it's just business, right? Not business as usual. Yes. The participants actions seem to fit both definitions. Video evidence and media reports portray participants committing acts dangerous to human life. And those acts actions, excuse me, appear to be intended both to influence the policy. Because, yeah, they saw a bunch of Proud Boys at the door and were like, oh, fuck, we got to uncertify this election. These guys are very upset outside. They're threatening to take selfies in They're by the there. Velvet rope.
5: They're out there with tiki torches. Jesus well, Christ. The funniest part is, though, it's like everything that was happening inside of that building, those chambers, is more dangerous to human life than anything they were doing outside.
0: Bingo. We got a winner. Bing, bing, Ladies and gentlemen, Brian wears the assless chaps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so. You got to oil up his butt cheeks. So good <laughs> too. I'm going to have a fluff guy or gal. Oh, or man, whatever he he Please make Fluffy. it a gal. No, it's a guy. (laughs) Surprise, it's me. (laughs) I'm the ass oiler. (laughs) Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not, uh, quiz time is going to continue next week. And so far, Brian is in the lead uh, to get the assless chaps. And believe me, the Instagram will be a buzzin' with pictures <laughs> of the oiled but clean ass so uh be careful with the definitions like for example if you go a little bit further and this will be in the show notes for everybody to enjoy so if you want to take the time to go through it please do Timothy McVeigh was not convicted of domestic terrorism ladies and gentlemen he was convicted on a myriad of crimes but there actually isn't a crime saying we are convicting you of being a domestic terrorist so, Not
2: all
0: yeah Ter- it's yeah terrorist terrorist are right-wing extremist groups that participate in the Capitol attack terrorist organizations. The FBI does not officially designate domestic terrorist organizations, but they have openly delineated domestic terrorist threats. They identify domestic terrorism threats that include criminal activity by certain groups, such as the Proud Boys, or by individuals that adhere to certain ideologies, such as Antifa. So, remember what I said when Angel and I were seeing the Proud Boys chanting Blue Lives Matter, As they were rounding up all the antifa and we were like you're gonna fucking get it too believe me these this tells you right here that you're gonna get it too so trust me they're gonna label all he is and as far as the boogaloo boys first of all they tried to call them racist that didn't work okay not saying whether or not we know boogaloo boys but i do know that most of them aren't racist
3: Okay. i don't i don't know any boogaloo boys i think it's dumb i think you should move on with your life and get out of that <laughs> stupid group
0: yeah don't don't the group thing is a problem group think is terrible sometimes like i mean every group
5: what who's whose number is it like i still think 150 is, is too big most of the time but it's like it was hoppa i think well it's like he might i don't think it was originally him that coined it but i can't remember the guy's name if you can I think hear. Hoppe references. I mean, I could, I have a computer right in front of me, but we're going to power through it. Um, but it's like, I truly do believe that once things get past a certain point, like you have so many people involved, if yeah. you've hit like a plateau, it's like, all right, you got to change something to get more people, but there's only so much you can change before you compromise the entire integrity of your movement. Right. But It's like, if we're looking at Black Lives Matter, it's like that person at the top was willing to pay the price because they're like, Oh, I'm gonna go get a mansion in California or wherever the hell it was. Brian, and then
3: Brian, is Buck going Ruru's?
5: No, I don't know what that sound
3: okay. that sound
5: is.
1: Is it coming from my end? I think mean so. I thought
3: I thought it was uh, Brian Tusk. It's a dog. No, he's
5: <laughs> it sounds like somebody's boning in the background.
0: <laughs> no, my bad. I
1: gotta I got a dog snoring on the cat. She just fell asleep and oh.
0: she, she sounds like a Harley. <laughs> I was going to say, "Riley, if you got to go, if there's stuff happening, please." <laughs> no, I mean, you are I,
2: I, apologize.
3: I just thought No, it's it. all
0: right. It's hilarious. We like oh, that's good stuff. I um, thought
3: it was Brian's husky cuz it kind of nah, like going slumped in.
5: right back over here. He's Aww. he's had a long day. It's hot out.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is a hot one, and I do want to yeah, get to the is. hot one. I do want to get to that. But before uh, we wrap up, I would like to turn it over to Riley. If there's anything that you would like to uh, uh, finish up or cover with the audience, please plug away. Also, let everybody know where they can find you across social media if you choose to do so.
1: Yeah, um, I think like Brian was saying, uh, once a group gets too big or once people infiltrate a group and their first object, first objective is to cause physical harm to somebody, Mm -hmm. Um, it just defeats the, uh, their cause and any validity that they're going to have. So, uh, I, I don't think Antifa will have a whole lot of traction in the future outside of Portland. Uh, some of those articles that we touched on said that Portland is kind of like the testing ground for events that happen throughout the nation because of how lenient we are. Mm -hmm. Um, the, there are some good parts of Portland and there's definitely a lot of good people up here who are like-minded individuals. Um, it's just a weird point in time where you can't really speak up, um, or else you'll lose your livelihood or you'll lose, you know, community value. Um, and I know that's important to people, <clears throat> especially as times get tough. Sure. Um, but I do appreciate you guys having me on to, to fill you in and, uh, and experiencing me on my first podcast so uh, thank you and if you're ever wanting any more information in the future uh, feel free to reach out and I can hook you up with the local events that are going on Um, and I'm primarily just active on uh, Instagram at Oregon Agorist Uh, I just started my Twitter account a couple of months ago
0: Mm -hmm.
1: have I don't have a whole lot of traction on there and I'm still kind of a rookie on posting content so I'll try to get more up to date on that
0: don't worry about that. It's a fucking shit show. I hate Twitch.
1: <laughs> it's I interesting. Hate. I hate it.
0: Cult- it's a cultural cesspool. It's go look
5: around, food. but don't get sucked in.
0: Yeah.
1: I I avoided it for so long. And then I, I just wanted to have a little bit more view. You know, a lo- I, I follow accounts for the Proud Boys and I follow some Antifa accounts. And a lot of them recently have gone blank because uh, I think they noticed people were kind of Taking notes of their social media, so mm-hmm. now I'll just keep an eye out on what happens in the streets and try to report back to you guys.
0: Yeah, and we seriously appreciate it because I don't think uh, there. I certainly wasn't ready for what I saw when you put me when you put me onto those accounts, and I, like I said, I, I mean, again, I'm a poop centric kind of guy. When I saw a man spraying shit in public, I was like, oh my god. What the fuck is going on (laughs) in Portland, fucking Oregon? What the fuck was he eating? I I was, yeah, I know. I was
1: impressed at first, and then I was just, and then the the empathy kicks in. You feel bad because, yeah, Yeah. as much as as much as I drive around the problem, it's hard to critique it because I'm I'm always trying to think of like a, a positive solution. Yeah, and it just seems like all valid solutions that we have people you know not willing to to take the time out of their day to give them a shot
0: uh, yeah and you know maybe they were dope sick because i know that happens when you go through a withdrawal you know you're trying to fight off the trotsky trots and you know it, it didn't work out for this individual i mean it was it's gonna it's gonna remain with me for a very long yeah. time at, uh... <laughs> We are, and there,
1: and, there, and there's more to come. I'm I'm sure if uh, oh. the fo- the folks that listen to this podcast go and follow some of those accounts. I mean, it, it's bad, and at the same time, the Portland local leadership they're posting ads in in New York and stuff about how great Portland is, and, this and that, <laughs> trying to trying to fishnet some of the people that are bailing from there. So out of the frying pan. Yeah. yeah. Exactly
0: well uh we appreciate you coming on to the show
3: yeah and you're welcome back anytime we we'd love to hear updates and you know from portland and in the surrounding areas so we, we certainly would you taking the time
0: we certainly this, would
3: this
1: has been an uh, extremely fun experience thank you guys
0: oh man well that's quite a compliment yeah no we're happy to have you anytime we really enjoyed i'm really uh, quite chuffed that you reached out thank you for uh getting a hold of us we really appreciate it And like I said, you're welcome back anytime people need to check out those accounts that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Um, uh, Oregon looks like shit and Portland looks like shit 2.0 because the original one I can't seem to find that maybe it got nuked or whatever happened or they decide to move on with their lives. Uh, Before I close out the show, I want to hand it over to my friend Christopher, if he has anything he would like to add, Uh, please Christopher. Nope,
2: nothing.
0: Okay, and Brian. You're uh, a couple of additions, so let's have
5: it. Oh, let's see. I mean, I got most of my questions out within the episode. But, well, something I thought about earlier with, like, are there are there solid numbers on, like, how many people are leaving cities right now? Like you said, they're leaving New York. Go, they're trying to get them to go to Portland, but it's, like, how many people are bailing out of Portland? And it's, like, what's going to happen to the more rural areas that are surrounding these big cities, these central hubs? Because it's, like, think about – A lot of people went from California to Texas Texas or Colorado. And it's like, if we look at it at a state by state level, but if we look at it at a more micro level where it's like just the areas immediately surrounding the cities, like do we think these cities are just going to become ghost towns, like just nothing but infrastructure that people start pulling from because they couldn't make it work there. And now they're going to try to pick everything up and move it somewhere else. But it's like, if they don't want to change anything about the way they live their life, they're just going to do the same thing somewhere else.
1: Right. I, I, I think you're spot on. A lot of people took advantage of the work opportunities from COVID. Uh, Employers said, "Look, you can work from home." Um, I think the studies show that people were they got they were more productive working from home. Uh, So, if your employer is going to allow you all this slack, and now you're not, you know, confined to driving to the city every day, I think there's a lot of people who did pick up out of the city, um, go to a more rural part of wherever you know more freedom less oppression Uh, and and they're they're working from home uh portland is significantly outdated as far as infrastructure repair uh you know some of the main bridges that we use every day are 100 years old they've never been replaced they're not earthquake proof so i think people have taken note of the issues going on in portland and willing to give it a shot elsewhere
0: all right fair enough brian do you have anything else before we uh, conclude where can people find you sir brian oh me yeah there's nobody oh else shit brian.
5: uh well so you could you can get me on instagram at brian p789 b-r-y-a-n and then i also run an account for my dog it's uh rusky the husky but <laughs> that's uh you can spell Rusky a couple of different ways, I guess, or like Rusky, because like Russian, but it's like B-U-C-K A R U S S K Y the Husky. All, no, no spaces. And then I got Randy Andy 8D, not, uh, eight delta, not the number. And that's like also my Twitch account. So I add to those as regularly as I can.
0: Okay. Christopher, is there any social media you'd like to plug before we uh before we hand it over to the boss?
5: Uh, I mean, you know, you can just, uh, people can just hit me up at my Twitter account at the bloodletting. Uh I mean, that's it really. That's it. I it. I don't have a bunch of alternate accounts like Brian does. So. <laughs> I'm I'm working I'm working on material. There's a lot of I stuff have, going on.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh yeah, ma'am. Uh, I
3: just have a Twitter at angel the sound Girl. I got rid of my other um, you know, apps that i was on i was like you know i don't i don't even know i don't even remember the passwords to some of them so i just uninstalled them okay. like i don't know so just twitter <laughs> at angel uh, underscore sound girl so fantastic
0: uh i'm at jake hello on instagram and twitter and then use guys pod is our website and you can get us on facebook there too uh but ladies and gentlemen before i wrap up you know what time it is right you know what time it is so today In portions of uh, the motherland, which is uh, Soviet Ohio, some of the heat indices got up to almost 100 degrees today. It was a hot one. Uh, For those of you who are on the larger size, you know, like yours truly, there's a lot of sweat coming into a lot of places, soaking through. It was a real hot day on the docks today. A lot of stink, a lot of sweat, a lot of work getting done. And at the same time, when those things combine, hard work and sweat, you have a lot of really bad smells coming out of your body and not just your mouth hole, but your asshole. Okay. Don't let this happen to you. The Delta variant is very real. But Todd's (laughs) gay soap can kill the Delta variant inside of your asshole where the Delta variant kind of hangs out. Todd's soap can get in there. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you that I just talked to Todd today. I'm not even kidding. I'm pulling up my phone to tell you what I have to tell you is great news. Great news. As of 22 hours ago, we have a lavender sea salt soap available. Yes. We also have a cedar flavored soap. And we have a delicious orange soap his words not mine and of course (laughs) after that we have a vanilla black raspberry soap and then finally sweet tobacco is back in stock ladies and gentlemen don't walk around with swamp ass why would you do that to yourself you're looking to get laid you're looking to have somebody toss your salad, perhaps get a little rusty trombone there. there Don't let it be too rusty. <laughs> 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 you, want to be, you want to smell good for that significant other or others. If you're into that swinging lifestyle, I'm not. But hey, you know what? It's a free country, at least in our minds. So please have a good time, but do it responsibly. Smell good while you're getting your fuck on. Smell good while you're at the gym. Smell good while you're walking your Siberian communist dog, which we both have, you know, please. Consider others. I I think that that is a pay it forward, a non-aggression thing. Don't stink on other people, okay? Todd's Gay Soap can solve all these problems for you, okay? These wonderful flavors that'll keep the stink off of you, keep you smelling fresh all day, all natural ingredients, a handmade soap because it is Soap for Daddy. Indeed, it is soap for that ass, your ass and everybody's ass. And it's homemade gay soap. Don't be a bigot. Buy the fucking soap. Help our friend Todd show your rainbow colors that you're not some kind of homophobic piece of shit that nobody likes anyway. Because if you don't like gay people, I don't know what your fucking problem is. They make great soap. Anyway, that's it for me. That's it <laughs> from the gang. Uh, special shout out to absolutely fucking nobody because we're not talking to them. We're talking to our friend Riley. He gets the special shout out. He talked to us all the way from out on the left coast, giving us the inside information. Mm-hmm. We're grateful for it. Please be on the lookout for more blog material from our crazy friend Brian up here who comes up with excellent blog postings, but not as crazy as Paul B's because Paul is absolutely on fire lately. Don't be, don't be, don't be that guy. Read the shit that they put up there, especially Paul. Paul's got a lot to fucking say, and it's some sharp stuff, just like our friend uh, Brian up there. So check it out. Thank you very much. That's all we have. Have a great time, everybody. I'm going to go have dinner.
1: All right. bye. 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 Bye.